Welcome to Man Talk. Everything you wanted to know about men's health, but were afraid to ask. Hi, thanks for tuning in to Man Talk, the show that attempts to answer your personal questions with qualified professionals on a variety of subjects that concern most of our listeners. My name is Stuart, the voice of reason, along with my brilliant co-host, Michael, the voice of choice. We will inform, educate, make you laugh, and give you insight into the sometimes complicated world of men's health. You're not alone out there in what you're experiencing or feeling. There's a band of brothers out there going through the same stuff. So listen up, guys and gals, and get ready to learn, live, and enjoy your life. And above all, try to flush those cares away. Hi, Stuart. Today's guest, we'd like to welcome Justin Brader from Southwest Hearing Clinic here in St. George. Uh, Justin, welcome. Glad you're with us. And Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And I can hear Justin, actually. What? I what? can hear him. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> can you hear me now? Stuart uh, can hear me, but Michael can't. That's, I'm, on that's the, I'm on the wrong side. Uh, Justin, as you know, Man Talk covers a variety of subjects on men's health as we age. Uh, and uh, one that's near and dear to my heart, as you know, is hearing and hearing loss. Right. Well, you've had, you've had quite the journey as far as your hearing goes. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> um, I, I kind of wish I hadn't. I had a father and grandfather, both wore hearing aids. Uh, I guess my dad was in his 60s, my grandfather in his 70s. And that, you know, back in the day was, you know, it was considered uh, a disgrace. It was considered uh, a negative if you had to admit that you needed hearing aids. How has that changed over the years? You know, the, there's really no stigma except in, in the mind of the person who's wearing the hearing devices that now, I mean, we're so technology centered in our culture anymore. We all have iPhones. We all have smartphones. We all have Bluetooth headsets. Hearing instruments now are small. They're, they're discreet. They, they look good when you do see them. And they have all of that kind of wireless technology built in. So really, all it does is enhance your daily life. And it, it doesn't impede you. And in fact, it makes you look younger and seem younger because you're able to respond to people easier. Um, you know, and, and I'll, um, I don't know how much younger I am than you guys, but you guys need to look a little younger anyway. So. <laughs> especially especially I th- Stuart. I think yeah. Justin's off. The, I mean, he's off, off the topic, show right now. Off topic. <laughs> the door's open, Justin. Take a take you know, a hike. I mean, I, I often I often run into people, you know, what's the what's the question that that makes people look older? People are always saying, oh, I don't want to do hearing aids because they're going to make me look old. But the fact is, you can't see the hearing aids, but you can see people saying, what? Huh? What's that? What's that? Huh? Huh? And so hearing aids are going to diminish that. They're going to eliminate that from your life or, or at least make a b- big impact with it. So you're going to seem younger. You're going to be able to interact just like you did when you were in your 20s or 30s. You know? And people are wearing those things like Apple makes that little device, you, you know, Apple Beats that you keep in your ear. So it looks kind of cool to have something in your ear. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's the trend for sure. Well, let's go back and start with how... How do you know when you really need hearing aids? I I, I mean, my own experience is, you know, I was experiencing the the loss of hearing that you would typically experience as we age is very, very, very slow. How do you know when it's a problem? 
Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's easy to kind of put it off and deny it. And that's what a lot of people do for 10, 15, 20 years. But, but really, the moment that you start noticing that you're saying what, you should at least get your hearing tested. I mean, especially in our area, hearing tests are no cost. I do them for free every day. There's no reason that you shouldn't find out what's going on with your hearing if you if you notice that you're saying what or that if you're turning your TV volume up louder than your spouse or your friends can tolerate it. Um, you know, if your family says, how come your TV is that loud? You should definitely get your hearing tested. And if and the hearing test isn't going to lie. It's going to tell you right up front, do you have hearing loss? And if you do, then you should do something about it, you know. But at what, what, what degree? I mean, there's hearing loss and there's significant hearing loss. At what point would you think a, a, a person would need to have devices? Well, you know, and, and that's a misconception. A lot of people think, you know, hearing loss is either there or not. But like you said, there are degrees of hearing loss. But the research the last seven or eight years has shown us that even people with a mild hearing loss, I mean, we're talking 20 to 30 decibels of hearing loss, which, you know, if you look at it on the graph, it doesn't look like much. But people with that mild degree of hearing loss are at double the risk of developing dementia and cognitive decline later in life. So why in the world would you put it off if you have a mild hearing loss just because I can get by for a little while? So so we'll come back to that, the, the dementia and the effect on the brain. I think that mm -hmm. that's really important. And there's been a lot of studies recently. I know that you've got a lot of information for us on that. I think that one, besides the stigma that we've talked about, about uh, you know, that you're aging and now you need a hearing aid. Mm -hmm. uh, what about the cost of hearing aids? I think that that's a lot of people. The cost, does insurance cover them? Stuart and I were talking a little earlier about that. In insurance actually more than ever does cover them, but it, but it doesn't always. A lot of people don't have insurance for hearing cover it for hearing aids or for hearing tests and that kind of a thing. But I think the last statistic that I saw was something like 45% of hearing aids have at least partial coverage uh, at the time of purchase by an insurance company. Uh, most of the big ones have some type of a plan or a discount uh, that's available for hearing aids. They may not cover them fully, but I mean, shoot, if they cover half the cost or if they cover a couple thousand dollars of the cost of premium hearing devices, that's a great benefit. Um, but the cost of hearing aids in general, on average in our country, you're looking at about $4,000 for a pair of hearing aids out of pocket. With insurance, that might be cut in half or it might be cut all the way down to nothing or maybe a few hundred dollar copay. You just never know. We can look into that insurance for you in an office and let you know exactly what your coverage will be. If you don't have any coverage, then we have a, a wide range of devices. So whatever budget you have, there is some help for you. Now, you get what you pay for. You're not going to buy a $1,000 pair of hearing aids and get the same results that you would get with a $6,000 pair of hearing aids. But you're better off keeping your hearing at, at the optimum level that you can rather than just neglect the problem or, or deny it for the next 10 years. Uh, you know, I would recommend if you've got hearing loss that you should probably do something about it and, and stay on top of your game. I have a question, Justin. What about you get the hearing aid, okay? And from what I've heard that you have to come back and fine-tune it a number of times before it really works for you. Mm -hmm. So is that an additional cost each time they wind up at your office or somebody's office to find out, hey, it's not working, maybe can you make it better? What do I have to do? So each time they go in, is that an additional cost? Well, you know, that, that's going to be set by each individual office. Some places do charge less for the hearing aids, and then they charge you for each op office visit, or they charge you for each adjustment or each cleaning. 
But most offices, in my experience, give you some amount of care, ongoing care and maintenance included with the hearing devices. It's still most com common to do what we call a bundled approach where you purchase the hearing aids and then you do get office visits and cleanings and regular hearing exams included for a number of years, one year, two years, three years. Okay. Um, and it might depend on the model of hearing instrument, whether you go with a premium device or a basic device. Mm -hmm. um, in my practice, I just like to make sure that my patients are hearing well. Okay. So Good. whatever it takes, I mean, Michael can attest, whatever it takes, we take care of you. Yes. <clears throat> from my personal experience, and I've been wearing devices probably for 12 years or so, mm -hmm. Uh, the devices have so many digital settings that the experience of the hearing aid uh, technician is the most important, the fit of the hearing aid, and then the experience of the technician is super important because the audiogram is only hearing, it's only showing what you're hearing losses, but Justin can't tell from that what I'm actually hearing. He can tell... I guess generically would be a... Right. Yeah. You can tell generically I mean, what my hearing is like. It's a subjective experience. What you're hearing is different than what I, how I would describe it or what I would guess that you're hearing. Um, but I've heard it all before from... I mean, I've helped thousands of people over the years. And so whatever description you come up with, I have experience in interpreting your descriptions to mean something on that audiogram as far as programming the hearing devices go. Um, a lot of people do have the misconception that hearing aids are an instant fit thing. We, we put it on you and it either works or it right, doesn't. Right, right. And if it's not perfect, then they want to give up. But I, think the, that's, I think that's a good point. It's very common. I have several friends who have gone to get hearing. They've talked to me about it because I've had experience. They've gone to you or someone else. They've gotten hearing aids. And then they don't quite work the, to their expectation. And they mm -hmm. end up in their drawer. Mm -hmm. And six months later, I ask them what's going on. And... They say, oh, well, you know, they didn't really work. But what I found is that you, you should, what worked for me is that when I get new devices, I write down for a couple of weeks in every environment that I'm in what worked good, what worked poorly, mm -hmm. what didn't work at all. And then I come back in to Justin or to someone else, wherever I was, and they make adjustments based on what I'm telling them, real life experience, as opposed to just a chart and a computer. And that that's really helped. That's really helped a lot. You know, let me inject a funny story. Many years ago, when I was a kid, maybe in third or fourth grade, back in Brooklyn, New York, they used to come in and give us a hearing test, actually. And they put headphones on us, and someone would be uh, speaking over the headphones and saying things like, now write the number that you hear in the second box, and the first letter I'm going to give you, or the first number, will be three. And the kids are looking at each other and say, what'd she say? <laughs> I said, she said, three. And we said, did she say tree? Because in Brooklyn, it was one, two, three, four, five, you know, that's how we spoke. <laughs> and the teacher thought she had a whole classroom of deaf kids because we were putting the wrong numbers in. We couldn't understand three as opposed to tree. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, just on the side. And how many decades ago was that? That was in the one room, one room schoolhouse with you know dirt floors, of course. <laughs> Abe Lincoln was my you know classmate. Well, and and let's give you an, an idea. Even your most basic hearing aid now has hundreds of adjustments available in it, hundreds of customizations. And so you know when when you come in and you and you give us you know a, a story or something that's working well or not working well. 
out in your real world, which is not the quiet of my office, we have to be able to make sense out of what you're saying and try to and try to know which of those hundreds of adjustments is going to make that difference for you. And and it's funny, you know, your story is is funny, but it's a, it's also a truism. You know, people have different accents and people have different perceptions of things, and we have to be able to interpret that and know what to do about it when we run into it too. So, so Justin, I have another question. Uh, it used to be when you in different states had different laws about if you bought a hearing aid, mm-hmm. set of hearing aids, pair of hearing aids that you had so long, you had, you paid for them, and then you, you had so long to return them under state law. I'm guessing that those laws were put in to protect consumers from uh, shadier dispensaries, whatever. But I think that there's been a switch over the last several years where uh, you, you can, there's demos of hearing aids at many places now where you can actually use them for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And without paying, which is, you know, if you're paying two, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000, that's a huge difference, and it must make a huge difference to exposing more consumers to to devices. Can you tell a little bit about what's well, that, happened? Well, that's what we hope. I mean, when, when we do a demonstration period, whether it's three days or two weeks or whatever we choose to do, you know, and, and we try to do it based on your needs as the consumer, uh, we want to try to avoid returns, you know, after a month or two months or whatever it, the policy is. At that particular office, we want to try to alleviate that, but we also want to make the consumers happy with the product. Nobody wants to fit a hearing instrument and then hear six months later, like you said, that it's in a drawer. That's not why most of us get into this business. We want to help people hear better. And that's only going to happen if you're wearing the hearing devices. And if you're wearing the hearing devices, we need to, we need to make sure that they're physically comfortable, that they sound right to you. And that's going back to that subjective perspective. We, we don't know what you're hearing unless you tell us. It's always frustrating when you hear that someone has not been wearing their hearing devices and it's been months and you go, well, why didn't you come and talk to me? Because whatever that problem is, we probably have a solution for it. We can change some customization in the programming of the device. Maybe it's a physical, the little domes that go on the end. Maybe we needed a little bit different one. Maybe like we needed a custom ear tip that was designed to fit your ear specifically. There's a solution for just about anything, but if you never tell us what what the problem is, then we never have the opportunity to find that solution for you. I'm glad you brought that up because it's it's a problem that, you know, I had for a number of years, and you and I just found the solution for a portion of this problem recently, and that's that uh, from other medical issues that I've had in the past, my ear canals are irregular and they're different from each other and they're regular, but the tips that come on the end of hearing aids are just meant to plug up your, your ear canal so that you don't hear through your hearing, your ear canal, but you only hear through the microphone of the device. Mm -hmm. But what was happening to me is I was being in, in many situations, if not most situations where I was hearing Stuart talking to me both through the microphone and through my ear canal around this dome because it wasn't filling out. And mm-hmm. Hearing Stuart once is one thing. Hearing him twice, say everything is... <laughs> benefit. A benefit, yeah, a benefit. A benefit to someone. <laughs> Maybe to Diane, but not to me. Uh, so, so Justin suggested that I try a custom ear mold, which he, takes an, he took an impression. It took 10 minutes. He took an impression of, my, of each ear, and he had a, an end or a tip on the end of the hearing aid made uh, outside, took a week or two and it fits directly into my ear and it's customized for my ear and it now blocks out any sound except the sound that comes in my microphone. So I don't hear Stuart speaking once 
and you've become tolerable again. Wow. That's but that nice was a know. big, you know, for a small change, that was, it was a big result for me for a small change. Right. And, and for certain hearing losses that it, it, I mean, it can be life changing, you know, what that can do for you. Other hearing losses need a different solution. And so we have to be able to identify what, what that solution is mm-hmm. going to be and then come up with the right thing. And, and admittedly, sometimes, you know, even when you're really good at, at fitting hearing instruments, sometimes it takes two or three attempts to find just the right thing because every solution truly is customized for you. Even though the device might look just like 50 other people's hearing instrument, the, the actual acoustics of it, how it's programmed, how it fits your ear is absolutely customized for each individual person. Um, you know, you can't just take your hearing aids off, stick them in Stuart's ears and have them work perfectly. It just it just won't work. And See, I don't Stuart. He- I don't want to hear what Michael See, hears anyway. Stuart. There's, I told you you couldn't do that. There's nothing in between his ears, Justin. So it really doesn't make sense. <laughs> Where, to speak who, to. who told that story the other day about look? Oh, a friend of mine was having a hearing issue in Arizona. He said that that the uh, the ENT that he went to, you know, shined a light in one side of his ear and came out, and it the, came other. out the other. Yeah, is that possible? Well, you know, when you have a spouse or something sitting on the other side, you often have to tell them, now cover your eyes just in case, you know. <laughs> Michael, we have some questions if yeah. we want to get some questions from our listeners. Yes, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. And listeners, as you know, the, we accept questions uh, on our uh, through email at questions at mantalkradio.net. Uh, so we try to address any of them that we can on the air with the specialists that we have. Stuart, okay. what, do we, what do we have? So Meg from Massachusetts writes, My husband is 63 and complains of not hearing the TV clearly. So he turns up the volume, which is too loud for me. But he resists talking about his lack of hearing and, wait, and wanting to get tested for hearing loss. What can I do to convince him? It's a pretty common thing, especially as we age. Well, a lot of people, you know, think that they're, that they're alone in this or that no one else understands where they're coming from and they don't want to be a burden on their family and their friends. And so they, again, they deny it or they, they try to kind of push it under the rug or whatever. But the best way to, to kind of clarify for them are just with some numbers, Fif- almost 50 million Americans have hearing loss. I mean, that's like one in six people in this country, but, but we don't notice that and we don't necessarily want to impose or ask people questions. But, but just let them know there are, there are millions of people with hearing loss and there's absolutely nothing to be embarrassed about just to go and get information. And if you find an audiologist or a hearing instrument specialist that you're comfortable with, you can go in and you can ask your questions and there shouldn't be this, this high amount of pressure. I mean, I'm going to be direct. I'm going to tell you, yeah, you have hearing loss and you should do something about it. But I'm not going to make you uncomfortable. I'm not going to push you real hard. I'm not going to force you to buy a hearing instrument. And certainly nobody can make you do it. You know, they're not going to put your arm behind your back and and bend you over and say, look, you better do this or else you're going to be in big trouble. But also at the same time for spouses, don't be their hearing aid for them. You know, stop, stop yelling at them to try to get them to hear you. Stop repeating all of your friends conversations so that they know what was said. Let them experience the frustration and that hearing loss that they have. Well, that's a, that's a good point. And you and I have talked about this many times that, uh, the disability of hearing is the only disability that people regularly and routinely make fun of. Mm-hmm. And I am here to end that. Yeah, there you go. How do we end that? Well, AT&T did it with, can you hear me now? I mean, that was ubiquitous throughout the world, actually. And I think that helped. 
Well, yeah, I mean, we still we still joke about it. We like to inject levity and humor into our office. You know, we don't want to make this a, a real heavy topic. But, you know, you I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I say the exact same thing to my patients. Can you hear me now? We put a hearing instrument on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Everyone's heard of that. It makes perfect sense. And there's truth to it, too. Absolutely. So, Michael, uh, you've had long experiences with hearing loss and uh, you've come through it. And I think uh, all the um, pros and cons and thing, different things that you went through to get to where you are at this point, A, you can't really see them, and B, you're not at a loss for anything except when it comes to real memory, but that's another subject. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think all this information is, is quite good for everyone. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's a journey. It's 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 one that many uh, older citizens need to. Need it's to interesting. Start you just use that word journey, and and there was a, a research study done years ago by one of the manufacturers about just perspectives, and they were able to kind of filter people into two groups: first time hearing instrument users who have had hearing loss and now they're ready to do something, and people who have worn hearing instruments for many years, and the the people who are just starting out. They had this mentality of the, you know, the magic pill. They want to get the hearing aid, put it on, have it be perfect, and just you know, never have to worry about it again. But people who have worn hearing instruments for years realize that, and they use that term, that it's a journey, because they know that technology is going to improve, and they know that at the same time technology is improving, their hearing is going to deteriorate further. Hearing instruments will help you hear better now, but they're not going to cure your hearing loss and they're not going to make it just suddenly stop progressing. And so over the next, you know, if I mean, you think about it, if you're 55 or 60 or 65, you probably still have 15 or 20 years to live. You may buy two or three pairs of hearing instruments over that time. And so it's, it is a journey. And, and like you said, you have to come in for adjustments. You'll notice that your hearing is still changing and the hearing instruments have to be reprogrammed or, or recustomized for you. And then maybe four, five, six years down the road, you need some new ones that are going to do a better job for you. So it, it's it's a journey just like with your life. It, it's not a, just an instant fix that, you know, then you never have to worry about it again. I know my dad had them and um, he didn't realize that they used to whistle on occasion and really they, loud. They still can. Well, mm -hmm. I don't know. but We I call mean, it feedback. And yeah. I don't think he knew they were whistling. But, you know, people alongside, dad, your hearing aids are whistling. <laughs> they are? So, so yeah, well, and, and most people have high frequency hearing loss and that's where that whistle is. I mean, anyone can tell you it's pretty high frequency. Yeah. And so the person with the hearing loss can't hear that. Even the dog was covering his ears. Yeah, my dog covers his ears a lot. <laughs> yeah. He runs away from me regularly. Well, and that, and that gives me a, another story. People sometimes lose their hearing aids or they set them down in their house and, and it'll be sitting there and you can't hear it. Even someone with good hearing can't hear it. It's just sitting on the counter. But I always tell people, if you take them off, pop that battery door open because your dog, your cat, they can hear it. Yeah. It might be sitting there. And, and I've had people who have actually had dogs hop up on counters to get to a hearing aid that was sitting up there. In an extreme case, I had a guy who had a dog hop up onto a counter and then up on top of the fridge because he'd put his <laughs> hearing aids on top of his fridge thinking they'd be safe. You know, but just because we can't hear it doesn't mean that, that your pets can't hear them. So, you know, it, it happens. <laughs> question. Do pet, I have a question. Do pets get hearing loss? You know, I mean, by all accounts, I'm, I'm assuming that they do, especially as they get older. I think most people have, have known someone with an older dog or an older cat that they can tell is deaf, doesn't respond. You yeah. know, you snap your fingers, you, yeah. you tell the cat to come here, and it doesn't do it, and you can tell they can't hear you. So I'm sure it happens, but we don't test pets. I, <laughs> I often, I often uh, 
use a cordless wireless headset to, to watch TV, along with closed caption, which I would highly recommend uh, people who have trouble, especially with high frequency. Uh, and often when I take the headset off, I'll put it on my dog, who is about 11 and a half years old, so he's even older than you are, Stuart. He loves the headset. He yeah. loves hearing the noise off the headset. He's perplexed about what it is. I'm sure he has no idea, but he really <laughs> enjoys having it on. It and usually cool. any, anything unusual he usually doesn't like, but Champ likes that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing. But. Uh, Justin, as we start to wrap up, we have, uh, we're have we going to try to have you back for another, there's, I think that there's several other yeah. aspects of, of this. Can you tell us a little bit about, tell our listeners where you're located, how to make an appointment, how to find So, so how my, to practice, my practice is called Southwest Hearing Clinic. Um, if, if you're in the southern Utah, St. George area, I'm, I'm, I'm down in the St. George Medical Park. It's a, it's a pink building. People jokingly have called it the Pink Palace for years because it, it's a big pink building. It's got two stories. St. George Clinic is in, is in the upstairs. Um, there are white pillars on the front. It's really right at the crossroads of 700 South where the underpass on the freeway is. Uh, under I-15 and 900 East. We're right on that corner. I'm right on the first floor, so easily accessible. And, and if you have questions or anything, if you just want to get some information, my phone number is 435-767-0240. Um, and I, I answer at all hours, even if I'm not in the office, that those those calls come to my phone. And you can always email me at justin at swhearingclinic.com as well. The information presented in this program is provided for general information purposes only and is not, nor is it intended to be, nor is it a substitute for professional medical advice and treatment. This program is not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or injury. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this program. You should always consult a doctor or other health care provider for individual professional medical advice regarding your own health situation. We're Michael and Stewart with Man Talk on Radio St. George 100.3 FM. Submit your questions ahead of time to questions at mantalkradio.net. Re-listen or watch again. Search Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher for Radio St. George or radiostgeorge.com. We'll see you next week for another edition of Man Talk.